New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants with New York Giants Fangirl. I'm Adriana, your host. The Giants, surprisingly, lose to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas, 49-17. to A result that we probably all saw coming. Unfortunately, it was... I don't know, maybe uglier than you expected, maybe a little bit better than people expected. I think the 640 yards that the defense gave up maybe made it a little bit worse. But before we get into the game, this is probably going to be a short run, guys. But I know no one cares about the stats and stuff like that today. There are, you know, minimal highlights that I want to talk about. So before we get into that, we need to talk about all the drama surrounding the Giants. And I, what's really frustrating to me as a fan is this season is getting out of control and off the rails. And it seems like every week when you think it can't get worse, it actually gets worse. The season and the play on the field is bad enough. But now when you start having... Things like, you know, guys on the sidelines and the coaches look like they're fighting and, you know, captains don't talk to the media after everything gets out of gets blown out of proportion. But I want to talk about that for a minute because I think it's really easy as fans and people to speculate and blow things out of proportion. And this is exactly why I hate Twitter. And I actually didn't even know about the Dexter Lawrence thing until today. And I'm glad that I didn't know about it today because Dexter spoke to the media today. Let's start off with this, okay? So Dexter Lawrence, who's one of the captains, did not speak to the media after the game. And I don't know if he was supposed to be. I don't know how they pick the players that are supposed to talk to the media. But Basically, him, Xavier McKinney, and Jihad Ward, the three of them, none of them spoke to the media. And in my opinion, out of the three of them, the biggest problem that I have is that Xavier McKinney didn't speak to the media, which in all honesty might be a blessing at this point based on the things that he said so far. However, I think he had the opportunity to redeem himself from a likability perspective and from a leadership perspective after what he said last week about the coaching staff. And then you have guys come out, other leaders and other captains like Andrew Thomas and say, that's not really what happens. And then you have Dable come out and say, we have meetings with the captains every Friday. And as far as I'm concerned, it seems like they go well. Now, obviously we take that with a grain of salt because Dable also says that they have great weeks of practice that prepares them for the game. And then we see what happened yesterday. So take everything with a grain of salt. The thing that I'm going to say about Dexter Lawrence is he came out to the media today and he said, before we get started, I just want to say that it was my birthday yesterday. And as soon as the game was over, I went to go see my family who was at the game instead of speaking to the media. He said it had absolutely nothing to do with frustration. It had nothing to do with, you know, whatever Wink said about Xavier McKinney and, you know, that whole situation. So there was obviously speculation that, you know, Dexter was siding with Xavier because he didn't speak to the media and he didn't defend Xavier or Wink. So I think that's bullshit. 
I think it's exactly what he said. He didn't speak to the media because it was his birthday and he would have rather said hi to his family than go answer stupid ass questions about why they lost the game and gave up 640 yards of offense. And I understand that's that it's part of their job. I get that. But I just think at some point these players are people and it was his birthday. Under any other circumstances, I would have said, sure, maybe he should have spoken to the media, but it was his birthday. Like, in my opinion, uh, he deserves a pass. He's a leader. I am not worried about him in the locker room and things going haywire because Dexter didn't speak to the media on his birthday. So everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's how I feel. I think it's getting blown out of proportion. No surprise there. Just like the Slayton and Sterling Shepard thing. So listen, during the game, the announcers have nothing else to talk about. The game's a blowout. The Cowboys look like the best football team ever created. The Giants look like a JV football team that doesn't even deserve to be there. What else are you going to talk about when the camera pans to two guys on the sidelines and it looks like they're fighting? Of course they're going to talk about it. They need something to talk about that's going to get people at home interested in whatever they're saying. So, you know, Again, Slayton spoke to the media afterwards and he apologized and said, you know, I need to keep my feelings in check. Shepard was the one who was trying to talk me down and trying to get me to calm down a little bit because I let my frustrations get the best of me. And, you know, they showed Slayton talking to the wide receiver coach, Mike Grow, and they also showed him talking to Dable and, you know, Dable and Grow are trying to talk him down on the sidelines. And I understand that these guys are frustrated. We are frustrated too. I I get it. Um, it sucks. I don't I don't want to have to be defending our players the next day and saying like I get that they're frustrated. But at the end of the day, these guys are professionals, and you just have to know better than to not do shit like that on the sidelines. So especially someone, and this was my problem with McKinney, especially someone like Slayton who has not been a big playmaker this year, and it's not only his fault. Okay, we obviously know the offense is trash this year. Part of it is the receivers, part of it's the quarterback, part of it's the line, and the other part of it is the play calling and the coaching so it's all of it but when you have the opportunity to make plays and the ball goes off your hands and you can't catch the ball maybe don't do shit like that on the sidelines okay you gotta rein it a little, little bit so I'm glad that he apologized and understand what he did Shep is always Mr. Professional I'm glad that he was the guy who was talking him down you know at the end of the day these guys are like brothers and they fight like brothers and I think that unfortunately stuff like that is going to happen. I would rather have them doing that and have Shep being the one on the sidelines talking them down than having them punch each other in the locker room. So if that's what it comes down to, again, they have to rein it in. This season is out of control. It's embarrassing for them and it's embarrassing for us as fans to know that there's seven games left and this is the shit product that we have to watch. So I get it. I understand that they're frustrated, but you can't do shit like that and enough is enough. So I, I need them all to rein it in and take your frustrations out on a punching bag, take it out on the ball machine, take it out on, you know, the weight room, but not on the sidelines, especially against the Cowboys, okay? It's so, it's just so frustrating. 
Um, last up, let's talk about the Wink and Dable thing, which, you know, Dable had a very short presser after he spoke to the media last night. It was the shortest one he's probably had all season. He could not wait to get out of there. And, you know, he was asked about the Wink thing and he was just like, you know, Wink and I always talk a lot during the games. I mean, what do you, what do you expect him to say, guys? We know from now he thinks he's the CIA. He's not telling us anything about anything. So we didn't get a good answer there. We probably never will. Um, I'm sure there was frustration from both of them. There is obviously frustration from everyone top to bottom when you are watching this shit play on the field week in and week out for, what, nine, ten weeks at this point. So um, I, I get it. You know, I just... It is what it is. This is what we're dealing with this year. It's, you know, when you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. And I just, I'm going to stop saying that because um, I'm afraid it could still get worse. I don't know how, but um, I, that's it. So um, let's talk about the injuries because that is the second most important thing that came out of this game and what I find super frustrating. Again, it's just week in and week out, there's injuries galore. And look, I know you can't prevent concussions. I know you can only do so much when it comes to certain injuries. These guys are, it's a very violent game and they are literally beating the crap out of each other every play. I understand that. But, you know, at some point you just got to look and say, like, why did we lose as many players as we did? I don't think a single Cowboys player went down. And you have us who lost wide receiver Jalen Hyatt with a concussion, ruled out. Cordell Flott, ruled out with a shoulder injury. Deontay Banks, ruled out with an ankle injury. Kayvon Thibodeau, ruled out with a concussion. Also, those are pretty much our best players on this team at this point. So you lost you know, really good defensive players. And, you know, there's this narrative going around that the defense gave up because they think that Wink sold out McKinney and, you know, Wink aired his dirty laundry, whatever you want to say. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm on team Wink with this one. We get nothing from Brian Dable. And now the only thing that we're hearing from Xavier McKinney, who can't do shit on the field and he can't do shit off the field, because the only shit he's doing off the field is talking shit about the coaching staff. And I am done. I am done with the bullshit. So I am team Wink on this. And again, everyone is entitled to their opinion but when Wink came out and said that his feelings were hurt and that you know he understands the situation that McKinney was talking about the bottom line is Xavier McKinney is in the wrong he shouldn't have said that in the first place and then his coach wouldn't have to go out and say shit like that and you can say well he should have well Wink should have done what Dable did and he should have said that you know we handled it privately and blah 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 and you know what maybe he should have maybe he shouldn't have maybe Xavier McKinney needs a kick in the fucking ass from someone like Wink saying, you want to say shit like that to the media? Watch me give it right back to you. The next thing he should do is take Xavier McKinney off the goddamn field. Let me see Dane Belton over him. I would love it. I would love it. So when Xavier McKinney keeps his mouth shut and plays like an all pro that he thinks he wants to be on the field, then you can say what you want to the media. Okay? Until then, we've had enough. Your coaching staff has had enough. The fans have had enough. We're embarrassed for all of you, except Wink. I still love Wink. But the, the thing about the defense is I think a lot of us feel the same in this is that I don't necessarily think that they're giving up, 
but I think that they're losing steam. Number one, they are exhausted when the offense goes three and out every single time they give them the ball, okay? The defense is on the field 90% of the time. What do you expect from them? Of course they're exhausted. You've got guys like Dexter and Kayvon and Tay Banks. They're all playing 99% of the snaps. They're exhausted chasing down C.D. Lamb, who's one of the fastest receivers, chasing down Tony Pollard and every other running back on that team because they can't make a play. So, of course, they're exhausted. And when you're looking, when you're watching this team play, the defense, first of all, everyone on this team is not that stupid. Second of all, the defense knows that they have to play their best football above the potential of every player week in and week out to keep the team in the game. And they did that. They did that in the beginning. Cordell Flott, who I told you guys to keep your eye on, gets his first interception. He puts them at the 12-yard line. And they cannot get a touchdown. They cannot get points on the board. So when you have the defense playing their asses off, they did the best that they can. It was tied at 0-0, I think, at that point. They had every opportunity to get on the board and make this game a game. And maybe it would have changed the outcome, and maybe it wouldn't have changed the outcome. But at the very least, it would have given everyone confidence that maybe, just maybe, there's a chance at this point in the day that we have an opportunity to stay in this game and not get blown out. And what do they do? They call a stupid fucking play call on fourth and two and they, and they get nothing. And I'm not even that mad about the play call. Again, we can disagree. We can agree on this. I don't care. Whatever you think is fine. In my opinion, they needed to go for the points there. You need to go for the touchdown. Okay. You are not beating Dallas with field goals. You're missing Graham Gano, who's one of the best kickers on the team. And Bullock ended up doing great last week, which or yesterday, which is great. We know that we have him for the future until Graham comes back and he's competent and capable. But at the end of the day, you're not beating Dallas with field goals, okay? You have to get a touchdown. And between that play call and the, the fucking end around, I am done. What are you doing? It is the... Like, I just don't know how much I can talk about this. I'm, I'm going to cut this off soon because there's really nothing else to talk about. But, you know, I, I don't know what's happening with Kafka. And he's one of the guys that I was so excited about going into this season. And I know we all expected this season to go differently. And I really feel like if Andrew Thomas didn't get injured week one, sure, week one would have been the disaster that it was, probably regardless. But I think that they really would have had the opportunity to turn it around. When Andrew Thomas went down is when that whole line went to shit. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe we could have won a few more games. Maybe we couldn't have. We will never know. But I just feel like that was really the tipping scales when things went off the rails. And, like, they have not gotten better since. But I just, I understand that the line is garbage. I understand that you have a third-string quarterback. But the end around never works. So stop it. I'm so sick of that play and the shitty play calling, Okay. Like, again, I know this isn't the Niners' offense. I understand that. But just try and be a little creative. I mean, Tommy got sacked five times for 25 yards. Like, I, he didn't have a ton of time. But, like, when he did have time, can we not try a screen pass? Can we not try something? I mean, the Jalen Hyatt interception, I just, like, uh, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating, okay? We had 111 yards rushing. 
Saquon had 13 carries for 66 yards. Couldn't get the run game going. Receiving. Okay, 86 yards. I just, I don't, like... You know, when you're looking at this offense and you look at the totality of it, the shitty O-line, the third string, undrafted quarterback, you know, the wide receivers who can't catch the ball except for Shep, like, thank you, I'm glad he got a touchdown. Like, the poor guy, it's just, it's just all of it is just garbage. And, you know, again, with the defense, like, I just don't blame them. Bobby Okurke, 11 total tackles, you know, like, they had 55 total tackles, Three tackles for loss and not a single sack, which let's be honest, no is it no one was expecting them to have any sacks yesterday. But I don't I don't know what anyone's expectations for this team are at any point in the year. I mean, yesterday they scored 17 points, which is one of their best games. And I know it was garbage time points, but I'm sure for Tommy DeVito, it feels good that he scored for a touchdown. Maybe he's got a little bit of confidence. For Shep, he probably feels like, oh, finally, I'm getting some playing time. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how much that helps in the locker room. But it's just, it's really, all of it is upsetting. And what makes it worse is there is seven games left, two of them who are against the Eagles, one of them, which is on Christmas. I mean, give us a fucking break, Jesus. And then we got the Commanders on Sunday, and we've got Hyatt out with a concussion. We've got Kayvon out with a concussion. I don't even know if they're going to play. But what I tell you I'm not going to do is sit through a game with Darnay fucking Holmes on the team playing instead of Cordell Flott. He's our best option. Mr. Hansy, DPI, every other call. And when he's not getting a DPI, he's doing something really fucking stupid, like celebrating after getting a garbage time interception. And he wasn't the only one. You have defensive players celebrating when you're down by 40 points. I, I'm literally like, I'm speechless at this point. It's just, it's a disaster, all of it. And I know that all of the comments are going to be, fire Dable, fire Joe Shane, they don't know what they're doing, and blah, blah, blah. But here's the reality. Getting a new coach next year is not fixing our problems. Getting a new quarterback next year is not fixing our problems. Will they get a new quarterback? Yes, they will draft one because it's very obvious that we need one. But when you're watching Giants football games, if you're watching them with your eyes open and you watched what happened yesterday, if you came out of that game and your biggest takeaway was to get a new quarterback, you're a fucking moron. That is not fixing this team. It is not going to make us a playoff-bound team, okay? There are so many other things wrong. So in the offseason, Mike Kafka is going to go, which is unfortunate. I had a lot of high hopes for him, and I'm extremely disappointed with what he's done this year. Wink is 50-50. I don't know. Thomas McGahee is likely gone. But Brian Dable and Joe Shane are going nowhere. The front office is going to rightly... Give them the opportunity to draft their own quarterback and develop him. And they're going to give them more time with a healthy salary cap and more draft picks. Because you don't turn around this shit team overnight, okay? We have been watching garbage football for the last few years. Last year, we got a little sneak peek at the potential 
and a little bit of excitement, but the reality last year was that that team was masked by winning very close games miraculously. And I don't know what the answer was. I don't know what's different between that and now. There's obviously a lot of things that are different and a lot of things that are wrong. There is something majorly wrong. And I don't think it all falls on Dable and Shane. Because last year, Dable won Coach of the Year. And you don't go from Coach of the Year to getting fired. There's a possibility. I mean, the only way I see Dable getting fired is if he completely loses the locker room and guys are fighting and they're saying shit to the media and, you know, they're asking to, I mean, they can't get traded now, but you know what I mean? They're just, they're losing it. And I, I don't see that happening. The guys are still fighting out there, okay? They're still trying. They still put up 17 points, which by all means is terrible, but it's better than what they've done in previous weeks against a really good team. So they're not completely giving up, and I think that people are overlooking that fact and just saying, well, Xavier said this, and Dexter didn't speak to the media, and the team sucks, and blah, blah, blah. But the the overall consensus is that it's not just on the head coach, okay? Dable is not calling the plays. Wink is not responsible for the defense being exhausted. You know, someone's got to be responsible for all the injuries because when you've lost half your team at this point to injuries for many years in a row, something is not right. And I just think, I don't know if anything is going to get changed or fixed throughout this season. I think at this point, it is what it is. And we will see what happens, you know, January 15th when everyone else is watching the playoffs except for us. We're watching and rooting for other teams. So, I I don't know. Um, it is what it is. I, up until this point, you know, I would say maybe I have some hope that we could beat the Commanders. The Giants are 10-point underdogs to the Commanders, who traded away Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So let that sink in for a second. Let that sink in. It's going to get worse if Kayvon's not on the field, if Tay Banks is not on the field, if Cordell Flott is not on the field, if Jalen Hyatt is not on the field. So start planning your Sunday because it's probably not going to involve watching the Giants. We'll see. We'll see what happens as the week goes on with the injury report. It is what it is at this point. Right now, the Giants have the number two draft pick, which I'm sure everyone is very thrilled about. That can possibly change. It will change as the season goes on. I know that none of us probably have any faith that this team can win any games, but it also depends on what other teams do. You know, I we play the Patriots, who have the same record, and are going to be right in there. They're going to be right in the race for that top three pick for a quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now we play the Patriots in two weeks. So could you imagine if that game ends in a tie? Just think about that for a second. <laughs> oh, God. I hope for my sake it doesn't because I'm going to be there. So, yeah, that's that. 
Anyway, I will be back with a Q&A video on YouTube later this week, and then I will be back with a new podcast episode next week, recapping, recapping, quote unquote, the uh, Commanders game on Sunday. So in the meantime, follow me at New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram, TikTok, and on X, it's at NYG Fangirl. I'm not really very active on there for many reasons, but um, I'm super active on Instagram. That's where I post all the daily injury reports, updates. Um, I do the Q&A on there and I answer a lot more questions there. So lots of fun videos like players to watch and stuff like that. So um, my Instagram fam, I love you guys. Thank you for the support. And same thing here on YouTube for you guys who still watch these videos. I know this team sucks and I know there's still a lot of time left, but thank you for sticking with me. I'm glad I'm not feeling this and watching this and and doing this all on my own so i feel the support from you guys which means a lot so i will be back next week and i will be back to youtube with a q a so thank you guys for all the supports and you know let's hope <laughs> next week is better